Welcome to the Two Top Podcast, the weekly podcast where we go over different topics in the world. I'm your host, Thomas Lance, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Berg. How's it going? You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated on the latest episodes. Now let's dive right into this week's episode of Two Top. And we're back. Yeah, we yes. are, we're here. We are here. It was a, a very difficult technological failure getting ready for this podcast. Yeah, we uh, overcame a lot of barriers yes. to get this episode to our to our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> We're a little exhausted, I can tell. A little defeated, but it's fine because, Matt, I have a topic for you, and it's a very important topic to be very passionate about. Okay. Today we're talking about copyright. Ooh, yeah, important. Very important. Very important. And mainly we're talking about how copyright has changed recently. Well, not recently, but over the years, and it will be changing soon. So things in copyright are things that people can't use and that are not in public domain. Things in public domain include, like, the stories of Huckleberry Finn, Sherlock Holmes, uh, The Three Musketeers, and even Charlie Chaplin now, because the copyright period has ended. Now, back in the day, the rule... The rule was in 1909 that copyright lasted 56 years. That would be 28 years um, regular, and then you could renew it again for 28 years. So 56 years. Now, after those 56 years, stuff would enter public domain. Now, this is what gets. This is where it all gets interesting because our good old boy with the ears, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse enters the scene, and you think. Well, if copyright ends after 56 years, why is Mickey Mouse still very owned by Disney? Yeah, that's a strict... Well, Walt Disney, I guess, originally, right? Yes. Well, as time went on, things changed, all because of Mickey Mouse and... The, only because of Mickey Mouse. Only because of Mickey Mouse and the Mickey Mouse curve, some yeah, may call it. I tried to make pancakes in the shape of Mickey Mouse this morning. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Did it work out? No. Oh, <laughs> but I, I know the shape, anyway. So, Mickey Mouse should have entered the public domain in 1984, but clearly that hasn't happened. Because in 1976, there was a chain in the a change in the copyright span that now copyrights will last the life of the creator plus 50 years. So, this saved Mickey Mouse until 2003. Now, you can imagine in 1998 Mickey Mouse Good old Disney, they went really hard again, and they expanded it to the creator's life plus 70 years. Whoa. This means that Disney will lose Mickey Mouse in 2023. So <laughs> what That's, does that mean? Is he public? Everyone can use? That means that we should be seeing an expansion of the copyright soon because Disney will be all over that. Yeah, yeah, most it's, certainly. And it's ironic because Disney is built off of public domain stuff like snow white uh beauty and the beast jungle book just uh, okay yeah the basic stories and and characters that they have are public domain public well they were public domain and then disney took them as their own in a sense so disney's kind of shaping the whole copyright process it's it's all to save mickey mouse because they don't want to give away their baby yeah that's their baby that's essentially their their money right there like, think of all the things that would be in public domain right now if they were not changed. 
like Mickey Mouse would be public domain, Bugs Bunny, all like those old cartoons, and even Goofy. like Star Wars would be approaching. Because Star Wars is owned by Disney now, so Star Wars is owned yeah. by Disney, but the copyright would have gone up for soon as well. So it's kind of the struggle that should we let copyright keep on expanding or should we let things go into the public domain? Well, what would happen if if Mickey Mouse went into the public domain? Well, anyone could be making money off of Mickey Mouse. Yeah, so, they could sell their own design t-shirts, you know, yeah. stuff like examples. Well, like everybody that, yeah. can make Sherlock Holmes stuff and Three Musketeer stuff. Mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera, the public domain. Sherlock, um, not Sherlock, Shakespeare. Shakespeare plays mm-hmm. are all public domain. So what's wild is, are we going to see this expand? We will. In the next two or three years, we're probably going to see another bill go into place to extend these. To maybe like 100 years after death, right? Whatever keeps the mouse in the hands of the Disney Disney businessmen. I was going to say, the Disney characters are huge among... um, Asian cultures, I, I think specifically Japanese. Someone was telling me recently that they love um, Japanese people or, or just Asians in general coming over to America, love picking up merchandise that have the Disney characters on it. So if that does go into the public domain, people are going to make a lot of money if they're selling to those particular markets, well, rumor which is funny. Ha- rumor has it Mickey Mouse is valued at $3 billion. Oh, I believe. I mean, he's everywhere. You go to Disney World, you go to Disneyland online disney owns a lot it's of it's such an iconic symbol that anyone can recognize it it's now, simple too think of it's kind of sad to not see like because it's copyright you can't see someone's twist on it in a sense like what's great though is there's things out there that are in public domain that could you imagine if they were copyright like dragons or medieval knights yeah, or, like the like simple stuff. concept of like one wizards thing. and and that could you imagine if that was copyrighted? No one could have anything in a dragon if unless it was from Warner Brothers or Disney. Creativity would be lost. It would. So now, like, no one's gonna take Harry Potter and make their own Harry Potter because J.K. Rowling's still alive, so she needs to die, and seventy years need to go by. They're not gonna shorten copyright. They're only gonna extend it because of Disney. Because of Disney, that's, whatever that's keeps, outrageous. Whatever I did not know that. Whatever keeps the mouse in Walt Disney's house. I like that. There you go. <laughs> I like that a lot. Now, could you imagine though if some of these things went to public domain, like especially Disney characters, like someone doing their own Mickey Mickey Mouse movie, or like anything like. I'm trying to think. It's just going to expand the whole entire concept, right? There's going to be so much more movies. Or, like, think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something, if that went to public domain. Then anyone can make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie or put it in a different universe or do whatever they want with it because it doesn't need to follow the creators. It becomes their own content. Now, these things, as people create, you people want to protect their, their ideas. But why should... Why should things be expanded to past someone dies? Like if I seventy years past it too. Because at that point, it's not benefiting benefiting the creator; it's benefiting the company behind the creator. I was going to say it's either the family or the creator that's getting the money after the creator dies, right? Like, yeah. Because if let's go back to that Harry Potter analogy, if Harry Potter 
were to if jk rowling were to die and harry potter would enter the public domain like she's not going to be fighting she's not going to be suing people in her grave saying you took my idea i'm the creator yeah. because that's what it is it's, <laughs> it's impossible it's, for that. a dead person's not going to do a copyright claim unless it's part of a company yeah, so the company is going to be like, nope, this is ours still. So saying like Walt Disney, I mean, he's dead, but... Is he dead? Is he dead? He's frozen. <laughs> that head's somewhere. We talked about it. Yeah, we did. But I think in the next two years, three years maybe, three years top, Disney's going to lobby hard because who who doesn't like Disney? Who yeah, hates it's kind the- of like an innocent company. It's that archetype of innocent and youth and, and like... You know, a happy cartoon memories. It's the greatest Historic. Play, greatest play th- place on earth? Yeah, I think yeah. that's, yeah. So Mickey Mouse will always be Disney's. And I'm seeing, I think it's going to be the next boost they do is the life of the creator plus 100 years. And it's, I think and it's it, 70 now. I think in our lifespan, we will not see copyright become anything made past, I think it's 19... 29 is when all these extensions started Mm -hmm. so i don't think anything newer than that we're gonna see enter public domain i think it's they're probably gonna do another extension and then after that it's just gonna be copyright to the creator indefinitely it seems like it's a a lifetime plus one lifetime yeah it's the lifetime of the creator or as long as they had it copyrighted for and then after them i mean typical lifespan maybe 70 years sounds about right for now you know like right around that we talked about lifespan actually in the beginning of all of it it was 28 years from beginning to end and those were early years of copyright right that was like around very first laws yeah so i could that would be if i create something like if i create if i was the new beethoven i made a symphony and then by the time i was 28 it wouldn't be mine anymore and anyone could use it. So, I mean, copyright's good, but I, I, I don't want to fight against it because I think it's, if I create something, I would want to hold on to it as long as I could. But if I'm dead, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you might have a family or something. That's, who's make, that's who's what I think money of. off my creation. But these big companies, uh, it, but yeah, I, I like copyrights are a good thing because, uh, see what Disney's done. Disney's pushed Mickey Mouse to be the idea of Mickey Mouse hasn't been altered, you know? No, it hasn't been corrupted either. It hasn't been corrupted. It's still a youthful thing. It still appeals to a specific demographic. Otherwise, if it was in public domain, it might be, you know, muddied up a little bit. Yeah. You, you might like, uh, can't be for the kids anymore or something like that. So maybe it's better this way. Yeah. I can see there's definitely some benefits to it, but you know, I don't want to limit creativity ever. Creativity is no, a great thing. No, of course and, not. And having freedom of using things for your own creativity for personal use, you know, why not, right? So there's some pros and cons. Exactly. Well, that's why I have this week, Matt. So what do you have for the table? That was very interesting. I'm glad I learned about Disney pushing copyright. It's going to happen soon. Only Disney. 2020. 2023 is when it's expire. Okay. That's like a domain expiring and then someone trying to buy yeah. trying someone trying to buy google.com before someone else before they can renew it. 
that's, that's a goal that's of mine. crazy try to buy a buy a site when it goes on auction before anybody else does <laughs> google.com all right well today uh i have a relevant topic uh this past week i was really sick so i didn't really take much medicine but um i was taking one thing just to uh relax my throat a little bit because it was sore i was just taking ibu- ibuprofen and so therefore my topic is ibuprofen because how does it actually work like what what is ibuprofen people love ibuprofen nothing like popping 200 milligrams of some ibuprofen when exactly. you don't feel good so it honestly saved me this past week it's like an anti-inflammatory my throat was all swollen and it helped me fall asleep you know i took it before bed it's a great over-the-counter over-the-counter medicine you can't really everybody get, takes yeah. it really you know some people don't like to take anything but other people love it you know some people you can even call them like addicted to it like they take it like, it's if, like a, if the slightest bit of something is off they'll take it which is silly yeah but so today let's talk about what ibuprofen is and how it actually works so ibuprofen is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug so that's an NSAID like n s a i d you can see that on the bottles and it's not a steroid it's not a steroid it's a non-steroidal um, it works by reducing hormones that cause inflammation and pain in the body. So it is essentially a painkiller, yeah. just to a lower degree. Um, ibuprofen is used to reduce fever, treat pain, or inflammation caused by many conditions such as like a headache, your toothache, back pain, arthritis, cramps, or, or even minor like injury. I mean, you, you can take it if you broke a bone, but I don't know how much it's going to help, you know? Yeah, it'll make you feel a little better. And there's that um, placebo effect, that right. mental part of it but that's its own thing we can talk about the placebo effect we can go on and on about placebos so ibuprofen is available as like uh there's gel forms there's spray forms tablets there's even like a mousse that you can like apply topically i didn't know there was so many varieties <laughs> um in order to take it you have to be at least six months old basic knowledge about 60 percent of people improve with any given NSAID. And it is recommended that if one does not work, then another should be tried. So you should up your dosage. Yeah, it's like take one, and if that's not working, take a second. And or if you're like everyone, you just take two right from the start. I take two right from the start. And I heard you can take up to of just like the standard dosage. What is it, 200 milligrams? Yeah. Is that that just comes up in my head right away. Uh, you can take up to four, like max. You know, that's And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about what happens if you take too much overdosing on ibuprofen i can only imagine so let's talk a little bit about the history because you know someone found it and they own the formula to ibuprofen so they made they a lot the of money patent. obviously they yeah. own the patent so kind of relevant uh its discovery was a result of research during the uh, 1950s and 60s to find a safer alternative to aspirin it was discovered by a team led by stort adams and the patent application was filed in 1961 so it was initially tested as treatment for um the guy Stuart Adams hangover. He wanted something just to make him feel a little bit better, but they realized it, it is a safer alternative to aspirin. The drug was launched as a treatment for rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis in the UK in 1969 before it was ever in America. Um, it came to the United States in 1974. So Later, it's foreign. It is foreign. Well, it was developed in the United States, but it was introduced in the UK before okay. the United States. Test them first. Test them first, right? So later in 1983 and 84, it became the first NSAID, um, other than aspirin, to be available over the counter um, in the UK and the United States. Ibuprofen was discovered in 1961 by Stuart Adams, like I said, and another man, John Nicholson, and it was actually first marketed as Brufen, 
B-R-U-F-E-N. Brufen. Brufen. You know? That's like classic ibuprofen. 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 It's kind of like a German kind of sound. Yeah, that's the vibe I get. Um, It was available under a number of trade names, including Advil and Motrin, which stands today. Still around today. Common. It is on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines, the most effective and safe medicines needed in a health system. Uh, The wholesale cost in developing world is between one cent and four cents uh, U.S. dollars per dose, so pretty cheap. In the United States, it costs about five cents, so it's a little bit more expensive in the United States because it is widely consumed. Everyone. They just give those out. (laughs) They just give them out. It's like candy on the streets. If you go to, I know um, the health center at our school, like if you go there and there's something wrong, they just grab, they have a bucket and they just grab a handful and throw it in a brown bag. And it's like, take some of these. They have a bu- like a, like a, a big barrel full of yeah. it, just full. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just a common go-to thing other than ice, you know, the yeah. ice, ice on, ice off classic. So how does it actually work? So there's a word prostaglandins, prostaglandins. So what are prostaglandins? That's a good question. Uh, Prostaglandins are a group of physiological active lipid compounds having diverse hormone-like effects in animals. So all animals have it. Um, They've been found in almost every tissue in humans and other animals. They are derived from enzymatically... They are derived enzymatically from fatty acids. So if you're a biology or even chemistry major, you can understand that. Yes, I am not. So (laughs) those kind of glazed over me. So anyway, ibuprofen blocks the production of that. It just completely halts it. That's interesting. So it's like a part of hormone production that says you're in pain. So like like painkillers, but kind of to a lesser degree. It's only blocking this one specific prostaglandin yeah. rather than mental functions, for say, uh, of like some harder painkillers. Um, the substances that the body releases in response to illness and injury are these prostaglandins. Uh, they cause pain and swelling or inflammation. They are released in the brain, and they can also cause fever. Ibuprofen's pain-killing effect begins soon after taking a dose, but the actual anti-inflammatory effects can take longer, sometimes several weeks, to kick in. Weeks? Weeks. Like, interesting. So it can make you feel better, but to actually get the swelling down or the inflammation down... It, it doesn't act very quickly. So it makes you feel like it's working. And all the companies are like, oh, it goes to work instantly or whatever. you know. And you don't see much advertising for ibuprofen because it's like... No, because it's, it's one of those ibuprofen. common drugs. It's so common, yeah. You don't have to prove to me ibuprofen works. I'm taking it my whole life and so oh, has yeah. everybody else. Absolutely. So my next question, is ibuprofen addictive? Oh, that's a good question. Do you know anyone who takes it like kind of religiously? I don't know... Okay, I remember I was hearing someone, I forget who it was, but I remember them saying that they take like two in the morning right when they get up. Like that's how they start their day. Like a morning pill. Yeah. It's like... Your vitamins. Vitamins, <laughs> two ibuprofens to numb the body. <laughs> that's, that sounds kind of cold. I wonder if your body naturally becomes immune to the, into the, to the effects of the That's a good question as well. To... Yeah. Would that... it eventually be if you take it so much and so often would it eventually lose some of its kick i would say yeah it would definitely lose some of its kick like any any drug you know like people have to up their doses any like bad drugs even you know people take it for so long and they're like well it's not affecting me in the same way so you have to up the dosage and that's Build why up a tolerance yeah 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 the body naturally builds a tolerance 
or it just becomes mentally it's like you expect it to feel that way so then you don't feel it you know right so here's the idea of it being addictive some reports suggest the routine use of many pain relievers like advil for migraine headaches may cause a rebound headache after the pain reliever wears off so it's kind of like a withdrawal like a minor withdrawal type of thing which makes sense um while this is not considered an addiction it can create like a cycle an annoying cycle which is yeah. what I figured. It's not addictive, but it creates a cycle. If you don't take it, you'll be frustrated. Right. Like any drug. It's it's like a withdrawal. So, point is, it's not addictive. It's not. Not to the definition not, of what addiction is. Not like chemically addictive, but... No, no. Maybe a little addictive if you... I don't know. Take it too much. <laughs> yeah, if you take it every morning. Two every morning. So... Overdose. This is my last little thing. Can you overdose on ibuprofen? So ibuprofen overdose has become common since it was licensed for over-the-counter use. Many overdose experiences are reported in the medical field, um, although the frequency of life-threatening complications from ibuprofen overdose is low. Okay, that's good. It doesn't really happen that much. Human response in cases of overdose ranges from um, absence of symptoms to fatal outcome despite intensive care treatment. Um, most symptoms are in excess of pharmacological action of ibuprofen include abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, drowsiness, dizziness, headache. I, I have like a million different effects. The point is it, it could kill you if you take like a ton, but a, you'd ton, have to a ton, take a ton, but you'd have to take so much that like you'd have to eat, if you ate that much food, you would die too, you know, like yeah. that kind of idea. So it's it's bad for you, but all good things are bad for you if you take too many of them. It's just the general idea of like an NSAID, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. Anything, it is dangerous to some extent of taking so much, but, you know. Right, you don't want to, obviously. You don't want to mess with Take it. a whole bottle in a day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not good for you. That's just, you know, it's the that's same reckless. thing as eating so much food. It's reckless, yeah, exactly. That's a great term you use, reckless. So that's ibuprofen in short, you know, we kind of take it for granted because it's just such a common thing we take. It's some people every day, I guess. It's good though for even the minor, the minor pains. And I definitely think it works. I mean, help me this past week, my throat, I could tell the inflammation went down and that's something different that you should take note. There's like Aleve. Do you ever use Aleve? Yeah, no, I'm mainly a Motrin guy. Aleve. Let me make sure. Aleve is not an NSAID, so it doesn't uh, reduce inflammation. Uh, isn't that the same with Tylenol? Isn't Tylenol something different as well? Yes, Tylenol is its own thing. Oh, wait. Aleve is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. But it might not. But it's different. There's something different about it, and I was told not to take it. And also, there's there's things you have to be careful. And you mentioned Tylenol, right? Yeah, because I know Tylenol you have to have with... With you can normally you're supposed to have ibuprofen with food or drink, yeah. But Tylenol, I know you can take straight with nothing. There's a difference. Yes, and they tell you not to take, especially with like blood, like if you're bleeding and stuff, you should yeah. take like Tylenol or leave. I've even heard because I guess it reduces blood clot. Thinner. Blood, yeah, yeah, it thins your blood maybe. Um, there's a difference there. So the more you know, the more you know. You know, be safe. Yeah, be safe. Don't be reckless. Don't be reckless. No taking drugs too much. Any drugs, even harmless drugs as ibuprofen, which aren't that harmless because they actually do something in your body. Yeah. Chemically, scientifically. Negative and positives. Yes. Well, 
I think that's it. I think that's it. We got a, a successful episode out. Yeah, we got we got ibuprofen going nuts, and we got Mickey Mickey Mouse just as wild. <laughs> Mickey Mouse will not be rolling in his grave because he's going to be owned by his parent company forever. Exactly. That's just the way it's going to be. That's how it will be forever. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. I hope it didn't sound too weird. I'm we, super curious to see how it sounds. We now. did have some technical difficulties, but we think we fixed them. Two top will not be put down. We, we will, will never be stopped. <laughs> we'll even never though, be stopped. Even though this took us four days to record. Three days to record. Three days. Almost four. Almost four. We almost gave up because, never mind. It's all I good. had no doubt in my head. I was not going to give up. We, we have an episode and you guys just listened to it. So you'll hear another one next week on another Two Topics. See ya. Thanks. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. Music this episode comes from Lee Rosevere, and our outro music is created by our lovely host, Matt Berg. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. We are a weekly produced podcast. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. That's the number two, dot podcast.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.